0: Hello and welcome to ResearchPod. Thank you for listening and joining us today. In this episode, we'll be looking at the research of Dr. Cleve Hicks from the University of Warsaw in Poland. He has been observing a special group of chimpanzees that have developed their own customs and traditions. In one of the last remaining intact stretches of primeval wilderness in the world, The Bili-Were region, located in Northern Democratic Republic of the Congo, lives a large population of our close evolutionary cousins, the chimpanzees. This population of apes, known as the bile Uire chimpanzees, exhibits some unusual behaviours, such as nesting on the ground like gorillas. There were rumours about the existence of these extraordinary chimpanzees for years, but it wasn't until recently that a team of researchers, led by primatologist Cleve Hicks, who is currently based at the Faculty of Artes Liberales at the University of Warsaw, were finally able to make their way across miles of thick tropical forest and crocodile-inhabited waters to study these animals. Based on over 2,000 kilometres of forest surveys over a region larger than 50,000 square kilometers, Hicks and his team estimated that there were thousands or even tens of thousands of apes roaming the area on both sides of a major river, the Wele. Interestingly, this population of chimpanzees inhabits forests on one side of the river and savannah woodland on the other. This makes it the perfect spot to document the potential effects of ecological differences on animal behavior. Despite the logistical difficulties involved in reaching such a remote area, as well as the ever-present threat of malaria and the dangers of armed conflict, Hicks was keen to study and document how these chimpanzees live, including tool-making, feeding habits, and sleeping style. Working together with wildlife photographer Carl Amon, the Wasmoth Wildlife Foundation, and the University of Amsterdam, Cleve Hicks and his team first documented the behaviour and distribution of the Biliwere chimpanzees in 2004. For 12 years and across 20 different survey zones, the team collected information on tools, dung, diet and sleep to reveal a complex and thriving chimpanzee culture. Hicks was the first researcher who, with the help of local experts, was able to get close enough long enough to develop a deep understanding of the way of life of these elusive great apes. He found they used a range of tools to acquire insects and honey. These chimpanzees were, in fact, very meticulous about how they used their tools. For example, for aggressive driver ants, they used a long, thick stick to probe deep into the ants' cavernous mounds. These sticks sometimes surpassed two metres in length, meaning they are the longest insect-hunting tools yet known to be used by the species. The extreme length of these tools may allow them to keep their distance from these viciously biting ants, which can swarm in the millions. In contrast, ponderine ants appear to have been crushed with a short and stubby stick to disable their sting. Given the excruciating nature of their stings, it is no wonder the chimpanzees were keen to incapacitate them before munching on these insects. Finally, the chimpanzees use stout digging sticks to unearth tasty honey from the subterranean beehives, and delicate thin wands to prey on wimpy, non-swarming, doralous coley ants. While it is fascinating that the Biliwere chimpanzees use different tools for different tasks, there is a second layer to Dr. Hicks's work, It can help us understand the evolution of our own prehistoric ancestors. It is not unreasonable to think that these ancient two-legged apes, the Australopithecines, would have used similar artefacts, such as sticks and wands, to acquire food. Many of these tools would have been made of perishable materials, leaving no traces for modern-day palaeontologists to find. In this way, learning about chimpanzee tools can give us a glimpse on how human material culture might have evolved. What do food choices tell us about chimpanzee culture? The team also noticed that the Biliwere chimpanzees have different eating habits compared to other populations. They crack open two kinds of termite mounds, made by the cubitermes species and for macrothorax against substrates. This is a food resource that, although common across tropical Africa, most chimpanzees in other regions simply ignore. In contrast, the billy chimpanzees paid no attention to the widespread and abundant macrotermy's termite mounds. These are a favourite delicacy for many chimpanzee populations, including at Gombe, where Jane Goodall famously observed chimpanzees using tools to catch these termites for the first time in 1960, but they are apparently never a meal for the biliwere apes. Explaining why these particular chimpanzees avoid macrotermes presents a challenge. After all, other groups have learned to use tools to prey on these termites, and they are sometimes even eaten by hand. For Cleve-Hicks, this is where the concept of culture might be useful. We can define culture as a type of behavior transmitted socially to all the animals in a group, rather than choices dictated simply by the resources available. In this context, the mismatch between what is available and what the animals choose to eat is consistent with the idea of culture. It is not like the Biliwere apes have no macrotermis to eat. They just lack a tradition for doing so. Nevertheless, the researchers must be careful to exclude ecological or genetic factors which may contribute to these behavioural differences, and this is not so easy to do in practice. Cleve Hicks' team also documented evidence that these chimpanzees hunt or scavenge other animals, including African giant snails, tortoises, pangolins, and even leopards. At another site in DR Congo, researchers even witnessed chimpanzees hunched over the fresh carcass of an akapi, which they had apparently pirated from a leopard. Unusual food choices were not the only aspect setting the Ware chimpanzees apart from their conspecifics in other regions of Africa. These chimpanzees often find it more comfortable to sleep on the ground rather than curled up in trees. They are very skillful at weaving saplings and other plants into an intricate structure to make a comfy bed for the night. This seems to be a strange choice, as sleeping on the ground may make them more vulnerable to leopards and other predators, which abound in the savannah woodland mosaic of Billy. Referring to an observation made by project worker Ligada Faustin of a chimpanzee munching on a leopard carcass, Cleve Hicks explained that these chimpanzees may have turned the tables on leopards. This may explain why in this population the apes appear to be unafraid of nesting on the ground. For the moment, though, these intriguing observations raise more questions than they provide answers. Currently, Hicks is working with University of Warsaw PhD candidate Tony Romani to further investigate ground nesting in the Bili Uere chimpanzees and in other populations of these great apes across a much larger area. Despite the vast area inhabited by the Bili chimpanzees and the very different habitat types within it, their cultural habits were unexpectedly similar. They all make ground nests, dip for ants, pound open termite mounds, and ignore macrotermites. Hicks speculates that there has not yet been enough time for the populations north and south of the River Welly to differentiate their customs and traditions. Alternatively, or perhaps additionally, any cultural innovations invented by a particular subpopulation of chimpanzees may be quickly drowned out by migrations between surrounding communities, reinforcing conservative traditions. Northern DR Congo provides us with a fascinating laboratory in which we can document the spread of related traditions across a large, intact population of our close cousins. Despite the many similarities in the chimpanzees' behaviour on the two sides of the river, Hicks spotted a few curious differences. For example, chimpanzees on the north side seemed to enjoy rummaging for honey, and as mentioned before, they preyed upon driver ants using very long sticks. South of the welly, however, food choices were slightly different. These chimpanzees had less of a taste for driver ants, which were abundant in both regions, and instead focused more on ponderine ants, which they caught with short sticks and there were no signs of honey on the menu. At this stage, Hicks can only speculate about the reasons behind these different dietary choices. The team found a significant difference between the depths of driver ants' holes and those of other ants, which might explain the use of long sticks. Still, it does not explain why chimpanzees pick different ants on each side of the river, nor why other chimpanzee populations such as at Gambi or Thai use much shorter sticks for driver ants. It could be that a lack of salt in the north encourages apes to look for salty ants, or perhaps the absence of red colobus monkeys in the north, which are present in the south and are a favourite prey item in all areas where the two species occur together, forces the chimpanzees to look for alternative sources of protein. This cannot be the whole story though, as multiple chimpanzee groups in diverse habitats prey on red colobus and on driver ants. Hicks follows researcher Thibaut Gruber in proposing cultural override, which in humans can explain dietary differences between groups as a potential explanation for the pattern. For Cleve Hicks, Northern DR Congo offered the perfect chance to document the distribution of chimpanzee culture across a large area. He even refers to these shared behaviours as the Biliwere behavioural realm. The researcher says he is keen to protect and document these priceless chimpanzee traditions before it is too late and they are, like those of other chimpanzee populations across Africa, fragmented and eventually wiped out by accelerating waves of development unleashed by their estranged cousins, Homo sapiens. A stroke of luck has allowed this population to survive. It is up to us to ensure it does so into the future, said Hicks. Worryingly, the team found extensive evidence of a massive and unregulated commerce of bushmeat, particularly to the south of the Welly River. Chimpanzee meat is a popular ingredient in soup in the cities Buta and Akheti and is sold openly in city markets in this region. It seems that not even police officers and city officials are aware that chimpanzees are a protected species and they are likely to own them as pets. Hicks stresses the urgent need to make a concerted effort to prevent further losses. This can only be achieved, he says, with formal protection for key chimpanzee populations and their habitats, accompanied by educational campaigns to inspire government officials to uphold the chimpanzees' protected status. The international community must also support the efforts already underway by the Congolese to safeguard these amazing beings, which are an irreplaceable part of the Congo's natural heritage. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed to ResearchPod for more of the latest science. See you again soon.